This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. He was gone. He was off to the races. Just when you thought it was going to be a huge play, a big missed field goal return up the left. Talk about an explosive sudden change play. This place is deadly quiet right now. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. Hey, it's G-Mac with Doug Brown. It's the Blue Bomber Podcast as we are on the eve of the 2018 regular season. Thanks for joining us. We invite you to subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you are tuning into this podcast, you know that Thursday is the Blue Bombers regular season opener. You also know the Blue Bombers are without their star quarterback, Matt Nichols, for at least four weeks. We will delve into the question as to whether or not the next guy up is the right guy up at quarterback. How do you win games without your starting quarterback? And the Bombers released a number one overall draft choice. Any other surprises in terms of the cuts made by the Blue and Gold? And um, Chris Randall. Yeah, all-star Blue Bomber defensive back Chris Randall, who does Chris Randall things against Edmonton, will join us in just a little bit. So, Doug, let's light it up and let's start at the quarterback position. Next man up, some people... Thought maybe Alex Ross might get the start. Others wondering if perhaps Chris Streveler will get the start. And, uh, well, it's the latter. The uh, young man from South Dakota, the former Coyote, who will get the controls for the Blue Bombers. Right choice, wrong choice? Well, you know, um, obviously I'm not a frequent observer of training camp. However, um, preseason games I've watched very closely and it kind of defies what we've seen happen in, in training camp in the, or in preseason games so far, game one and two. Uh, their performances were almost, they completely swapped, right? Being from Streveler had an unbelievable debut and then really struggled in BC and Ross really struggled in his debut and then actually progressed against BC. So my vote just based on preseason games, I'm like, okay, one guy was bad. Then we threw him in against a starting defense, BC Lions on the road and actually did much better. So that shows me that it was, regardless of the the caliber of competition he was facing, it was all his internal mechanisms that he was correcting. And and once he got those in line, and you know he made a big uh, deal about you know sharing with the media the things he did wrong and how it actually wasn't as bad as we thought, so on and so forth. He just had to make some corrections. That actually happened. He made corrections. He played much better. Whereas Strebler, you know, started off, played very well, but we had to discount that because he played very well against a bunch of of guys that probably aren't going to be playing for Edmonton. And then when we threw Strebler on the road against the BC Lions starting defense, they ate him up, right? He was the opposite of what he was in week one. I mean, he should have the very two first possessions, time he had the ball, he should have been picked both times, right? He was picked one out of two, only the the other one, the first one wasn't picked because uh, Odellis, Odell Willis dropped that ball. But uh, yeah, first two possessions he had, you know, terrible errors. And, um, you know, one of those uh, interceptions, it was just thrown up for grabs. Like you could just tell it was uh, a desperation play. Yeah, on it was his just part, right? you know throwing caution to the wind, forcing right. a ball downfield, pressing, and they put him back in, and he did throw a touchdown pass. But it was almost like he was out there, and they were forcing things because they needed him to get 
uh, a step of confidence or something like that hanging into this. So I guess it makes sense now that they elected him a starter. But as far as what I saw in the preseason games alone... Not the way you would have gone. It, it made sense to me that Ross, hey, he's a guy that went out, played against starters, played better. Right. Whereas the other guy, when he played against a high-caliber defense absolutely had the reverse result of his initial performance. So to me, you're going to see more of the same, if not more so against this Edmonton defense on Thursday. So, but then again, you know, a missed opportunity. Uh, One of my, one of our questions for O'Shea after the game was if you got two new quarterbacks and you're not bringing a starting offensive line or any of the starting weapons, isn't that a missed opportunity Mm -hmm. to get these guys additional game speed rep, and up to speed with the guys they're going to be playing with. And you want to see one quarter with Ross and the starters, or at least the starting offensive line. They should have at least have the same opportunity, right? Yeah, you just, it just, uh, to me, when something like that happens with your starting quarterback, Nichols, boom, all of a sudden now you're in a crunch to see how many reps can we get these new guys with the people they're going to be playing with for up to a third of the football season. You might as well take advantage of that. They didn't travel those guys, so that was a head-scratcher for me. So they should have changed their philosophy a little bit in terms of how they treat those preseason games, in your opinion. Well, because your franchise quarterback went down. So, yeah, you want to stay on track, but guess what? You just derailed, right? So you might as well, I don't know. To me, it was just like, okay, whoa, things are different now, guys. We should at least travel our starting offensive line so we they can both have a level of comfortability back there and or the run a semblance of a run game can be there and or have the receivers there so they will be throwing to these guys in live game scenarios because as of right now the first time you know uh strevler is going to throw to weston dressler is going to be on thursday in a live game scenario you know what and when you put it that way that makes complete sense brian bennett a gentleman who was not even in the conversation in terms of getting the start this week wasn't bad. Five of nine in British Columbia. He had one touchdown pass. Alex Ross, as you mentioned, uh, flipped the script essentially with Chris Strevler. He was 10 of 13 and uh, also Strevler three of nine. Not good at all and he was 10 of 10 in the first preseason game. So what are the keys to beating Edmonton? What are the keys to winning any games as the Blue Bombers start the season without Matt Nichols. Yeah, I think I think this is the onus is just on the defense to step up. Yeah. You know, I think they need to be they're an inspired bunch. Uh, we've heard before how Mike O'Shea communicates to his players. You now have an opportunity to honor one of your teammates that is down by your play on the field. And uh, so it should be a highly motivated, inspired bunch on defense. I mean, the defensive backups went to BC and held a high-powered BC line offense to six points. Right, They scored another six, but that was off of uh, a turnover right? that went in for a touchdown. So if the backups are holding a, a juggernaut BC offense to six points, I mean, these starters, with the inclusion of Adam Big Hill, uh, they just look so much better than last year. We're not seeing over the last eight quarters we saw in the preseason, we aren't seeing those colossal gaffes, miscommunications, broken plays where guys are left alone. You know, It looks like they're more accountable to one another. It looks like they have another year of understanding the concepts that they're playing, and I have every expectation this is going to be one fired-up group that is going to need to be a dominant difference maker if this team is going to have an opportunity to win on Thursday night. 
There's no way they win this game on Thursday unless the defense plays lights out. Because I don't think, no matter how great your pieces are in offense, you know, Streveler or Ross are not going to be able to keep pace with Riley unless their defense figures to be a major player in that game. You know, you and I had this conversation on air on the morning show the other day with regards to managing a game. There is an opportunity. Uh, it would appear to me with all the weapons that the Blue Bombers have for Strevler to really be a genuine game manager. You've got Timothy Flanders and Andrew Harris and perhaps the option of Johnny Augustine and Nick Dembski out of the backfield in terms of running the ball. They're all good coming out of the backfield in terms of catching the ball. And you've got some weapons that can catch the ball underneath when pressed into service. So is there an opportunity? Is there a genuine opportunity for Strevler to be that game manager that a lot of NFL teams have learned to really ride the wave of to a great deal of success? Yeah, I mean, the the MO of this offense is is not to take chances, not to turn the football over. They're very good in terms of their plus-minus giveaway-takeaway scenario. Their defense takes the football away, the offense protects it, makes smart decisions. Uh, Nichols does not throw the ball, force it downfield, does not press. He's always making smart decisions with the football, whether that means eating it as opposed to throwing it up for grabs kind of scenario. So I think it's important to simplify things for the rookies. The fewer things they have to think about, fewer decisions they have to make, the better. I think it's very important to have a running game, obviously. But then again, if I'm Edmonton coming into this game, all I'm going to do is is stop the run and say and force you to put the ball into the hands of these young quarterbacks and, hey, beat us having them throw the ball. Because you, you know you think you're going to get at least uh, a couple opportunities to take football away. So... Just preaching and, and emphasizing being smart, uh, you know, high percentage plays and passes out there. And like you say, not just throwing caution to the wind, which we saw against BC, and chucking a ball up for grabs. Because uh, if you have a defense that's playing well and you have an opportunistic offense, then, you know, just bide your time and, and see what happens. Now, this is not a prediction, but this is, is a fact that Chris Strevler becomes the very first CFL quarterback to start a game straight out of college since... Anthony Calvillo did it for the Las Vegas Posse uh, once upon a time. In I don't the think last, that went well. Either. In the last century. <laughs> no, it did not do well at all. Nothing you've ever heard good about Anthony Calvillo came out of where he began or started his career. So, Doug, the position that uh, you're most familiar with, uh, defensive line, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Faith Akakadi, their first overall draft choice last season amongst the cuts. Well, it really does come down to numbers. I mean, I, we believe that uh, if you could keep him around, he would continue to develop. Absolutely. I believe he's going to turn into a, a good football player down the road. It just at this moment in time, when we re-signed Jake Thomas, you know, uh, it was five days, whatever it was into camp, it was a week into camp. And and we thought that Jake was a better football player. And, and um, it's not a problem adding better football players, but then the numbers don't add up. You know, you have to make a decision from there. Uh, but we wanted to see what happened if we brought Jake in and what the competition was like. And, and we still weren't sure exactly how the roster was going to play out, what mm-hmm. we were going to do. But, you know, changing the ratio, um, salary, there's so many factors that go into it. But uh, that's not to say that Faithy Cackety's not a good football player and not going to be a good football player 
in the future too. He just, you know, unfortunately at this time, our best team, you know, has Jake Thomas on the roster. As we head into the regular season this year, any other surprises? Was the fact that Faith Akakadi was cut by the Blue Bombers a surprise first and foremost? Well, you know, it's surprising to me that that the awareness wasn't there that this is not going to happen right away. You know, you can't just take a guy uh, that was primarily a run stopper in uh, an NCAA American program who, to my knowledge, never played Canadian football before in his life, not a prolific pass rusher in any way, shape, or form in college. And to me, you know, the awareness that this is a project pick without paying immediate dividends, it's, uh, you know, football is very uh, quick, knee-jerk reactions and... uh, it's just, you know, it was a it was a decision when they drafted him that, you know, there should have been a caveat with that that said, hey, this is going to take some time. I'm surprised he wasn't even offered a, a practice roster spot. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't play in that BC game. You know, it's uh, that shows you that, you know, they had given up on him, I believe, or they didn't de- want him yeah, hurt, or like, they didn't want him hurt, right? One or the other. It seemed like a very definitive choice, right? Like, he, I mean, is this is a, is a Canadian. Yeah. This is a Canadian that you're that I mean, you're setting free. Or... I mean, bringing back Jake Thomas, Jake Thomas is obviously a, a, a much better player than, than Faith is right now. But um, and that's obviously what the priority and concern is for this football team. It's the now, you know. It's not. Right. It's not a couple of years down the road, down the future, where uh, faith is a guy that who knows what he'll be able to uh, achieve and accomplish if he gets another opportunity, which he probably will in the CFL. It sounds like. But like I say, it uh, knowing the position very well, I can tell you, um, you know, in '97 uh, when I started my football career. If I had been cut that year, and it's just you have so much to learn. I just look at my own progression, and you know how much you have to absorb in in the the instincts and the reads and the the polish of your techniques. It just takes years, especially when you're doing something new and you're doing it at a high level. There's just no instant mix for it whatsoever unless you know a cis trained defensive lineman uh, would have been um it's a more it's a it's a shorter learning curve for that guy That's than it is for an american guy is it the one yard off the ball is well, it's it, is because it, is they're it... they're playing in a pass happy league for the most part you know as well they're they have that distance off the ground they have a pass emphasis they there's an emphasis on their pass rush Whereas faith was a situational, the, the higher up the level of football you get in college football in the NCAA, the more specialized the players are. It's just mm-hmm. like the NFL. There are run stoppers. There are pass rushers, you know, and very few of them are, are both, you know, and because they get that specialized and they have rosters that are that large. Even when you go to the NFL, you're either a run stopper or you're a pass rusher. Very few guys are both. And they drafted a run stopper. And they didn't give him the time to become a pass rusher. And uh, granted, you know, I wasn't watching him every day, and I'm sure there are milestones you want a guy to uh, achieve and and get across and and know that, hey, he maybe didn't see that potential. Who knows, you know? But these are things that you just just wish a team knew what they were getting into when they make that pick. (laughs) 
My alarm goes off at 2.45 and I'm on my phone before I even get out of bed. When I'm on my way in in the morning, I'm thinking about what are my friends talking about? What are they texting me about? Picturing how can I get you the information you need to start your day and hopefully even make you laugh. The weather changes so quickly. Is it sunny, stormy, cold? One small problem on a major route can cause huge delays during the morning commute. I try to find stories that make you feel something. What kind of music would set the mood for the morning? 680 CJOB. Our mornings are all about you. Welcome back to the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Let's get back to the action. Chris Randall, we always appreciate your time and uh, your input. We appreciate uh, you joining us on the podcast today. Edmonton Eskimos are one of those teams that uh, you do special things against. Is there something you like about playing against Ricky Ray? And, and you know, we don't want you to box yourself into a corner on this one, but got to ask it. Riley. Oh, oh, did I say Ricky Ray? There's something you like about playing against Ricky Ray, Ricky Ray, Ricky Ray, Ricky Ray, and and you know. Yeah, I like Ricky wow. against Ricky Ray too, but I like. I mean, Riley is who we're going against week one, but Riley, man, he's just an ultimate competitor. I think those guys they do a good job of challenging each team vertical, so that's like a, a game you have to be ready for, otherwise. You're going to end up on the opposite side of it. So, yeah, just knowing what they do and what they do best is challenge you vertical with the 50-50 ball, the game-changing plays. I get really excited for those games. Chris, is the onus on the defense to really step up their game and, and dominate over this, you know, four- to six-week stanza to really help out the offense and, and cover up for the fallen franchise quarterback leader of this football team? Are you guys putting that pressure on yourselves? Like, hey, we need to play outstanding football to give ourselves a chance to win and take pressure off of these young quarterbacks that are going to be taking the helm? Um, that pressure is definitely there. I wouldn't say that we put it on ourselves. I think uh, our our goal was to set a standard. We, we we wouldn't call it pressure because that's what we want, you know, uh, from training camp and from last year, from, from what we saw as a review, from a review standpoint, we want to be a better defensive unit, a uh, championship defense. Last year we wasn't that. So the fact that we get an opportunity of this challenge of having, like you said, our franchise quarterback going down, we get to accept that challenge, and um, that's something we wanted to embrace from the beginning of the training camp. It was our mindset. It was our standard. So we're just going to go out there and no added, pre- no added pressure, but we, we understand that we all have to do a little bit more, the whole entire team, to, to fill that void. What do you feel is the difference in the back end this year from last year? Honestly, it's just an understanding. Um, it's a more so, I mean, we still need to go out there and execute it. I couldn't say there's a, we got to put it on paper, I mean, put it on film first. Uh, but from training camp and what we've done up to this point, the, the understanding of what we need to do and you know how, how we can configure our defense based on certain looks, I think we have a better understanding, and that helps us play a little bit faster. Gotcha. Switching topics a little bit here. I understand that you, in, in high school, you shut down Colin Kaepernick. Is this what the rumor going around the... Oh, no. no <laughs> or is that the complete opposite of the truth? What is the story behind this uh, <laughs> statement? No, I've been going against Kaepernick since uh, since high school. He went to Nevada. I went to Utah State in college. So, uh, no, he um, was just on the opposite side. He was legit. He was a really good quarterback. I was a good corner. I had an interception before, but I wouldn't say I, I shut him down. Okay, but you guys, you guys had a good rivalry. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, much respect. So now you're switching gears out of camp to this to the the regular season. Do you have a different training regimen? Do you focus on different things during the regular season? How does it differ from what? Obviously, you have your your off season game plan in terms of preparation for the. CFL football season. Now that you're switching into regular season mode, what are you emphasizing when you're training outside of on the field stuff? Man, I, how I see it, man, it's my seventh year. It's like the person with the best routine wins the game. I feel like how you, what you do with your time, how you value it, and, and the energy you put towards your time kind of separates you as a player. So just my whole mindset when when training camp is over, it's kind of longer days, draining days where it's. Um, more physical stuff during the season is like you only here for four hours and then that extra time you need to, you know, make, make value of that time. So my routine is, is kind of key for me coming in early and leaving a little bit later, just making sure my mental preparation is there and my body is where it needs to be. And my understanding of my alignment and my assignment and my techniques is, you know, at its peak state. So my routine is a little bit different just because the regimen is different and it allows for me to, to hone in on my preparation a little bit more. Do you do speed work and stuff during the regular season or are, are you are there certain lifts you like to get in before a game? I'm just trying to get into your your your, so, your routine. Um I, I get two two I get three lifts in. So that every time I lift I, I run like a mile and do speed work stuff before I start my lift. So I kinda include that as, as speed work. Uh, my repetition for ladders is kinda my speed work for the most part because it's outside of running on the field and what we do in individuals. And then I do for my first day one, I do a upper body lift and then I do a lower body lift on day three. And then that day before the game, I do a full body, like not a lift, but just, you know, band work and quick steps and, and stretching before, before the game. And then, yeah, a lot of maintenance throughout the week with massages and, and, uh, the Epsom salt baths, the floating, the the contrast between hot tub and cold tubs, that's on a daily basis. So it's kind of just figuring it out because on top of that, you know, it's, it's football a lot, but then I got my family and I have, um, you know, my spiritual side as well where I do, you know, I'm the assistant team chaplain leader, so we have Bible study every week. So I make time for that. So it's, it's kind of like you got to space yourself out evenly uh, to maximize all your time. You're one of those guys that feels, you know, my thing was always the harder I worked during the week, the more work you put in, the more you punished yourself, the more you drained yourself, the better of a game you would have. Are, are you yeah, like-minded I mean, in that? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's punishment and draining. I actually enjoy it. I mean, yeah. that's why I, I want to do it. You know, that's why I'm at this point in my career where, where I feel like I have to. It's not like I have to. It's like I really look forward to it, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely one of those things you definitely can slow the game down by your preparation. Because you know the consequences of it. You know what comes as a result of it. Yeah. At the end of the day, the play is on. We're a pivotal part of of the defense. And if you're not ready or you're not having an understanding, then, you know, we're going to have those explosion plays like we did last year where it's like if you eliminate those mental errors, we're, we're a pretty solid defense. Hey, Chris, you mentioned the spiritual side, and, and of all the sports, I think football is the one sport where players are very open with regards to their spirituality. Talk about how that works in the dressing room, because that obviously isn't everyone in the dressing room. Can it cause some divides? No, 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 not at all. I mean, um, everyone's respectful of everyone's uh, religious background, and um, 
a, a blanket prayer is more a, just a care and a feeling that we all can share. You know, we all care for one another. So when, when someone speaks up in a prayer, it's more of a, a we want the best for everyone in here, and we're just asking for help, and we're asking for guidance. And I think that's kind of how we, we, we treated that there. But if you want to go in depth, we have a Bible study every week that a group of guys, and we invite everyone on the team, whoever wants to come, you know, um, is more than welcome and invited to come. So we kind of go into depth on our Bible studies, but just a blanket prayer over our safety of our team. I think everyone's on board for that. We established quite strongly that, you know, last year you admitted that you've become a leader on this defense and it's perfectly obvious with your play. How do you express yourself as a leader? Do you do it with your play or do you have conversations in the dressing room? Are you a talker? Are you one of those uh, individuals who gets his team riled up with uh, with spoken word? I feel like when my number is called, uh, I just respond. Whether it be like you need to make a play, whether it's you understand that you need to talk, whether you understand that you don't need to talk, you know, you just need to go about your day and let the situation handle it. But I just try to get, fit in where I can, honestly. It's not more so forcing any issues. I let it all come and flow naturally. So wherever I feel like I need to say something or I need to, you know, step up and make that play, then that's what kind of transpires more so than I'm one type. All right, Chris, I'll just leave you with this one question uh, before we let you go here. The ultimate, obviously, your position is is the pick six. I just want to know where you rank all the other bonus uh, uh, opportunities for defensive players, be it a strip sack, be it the fumble, recovery, return for a touchdown, a sack, tackle for loss. Where do those rank in terms of your enjoyable moments playing defensive football? Mm. There's nothing better than a pick six. (laughs) What about a strip sack? I mean, a, a, a game-winning pick. Yeah, that's true. Pretty good. Game-defining, yeah. Pick six. Yeah, a, a game-winning pick or pick six. I think those are the two. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, I guess a strip, a sack strip, I guess that's cool. But I'm not really getting those. So. Yeah, how, you don't get the blitz that often, right? <laughs> not too much. Yeah. If they did, I'll, I'll do that too now. Tell Richie I need to go off the edge some more. <laughs> Chris Randall, we always appreciate your time and uh, your input, and uh, we'll be watching for a pick six for you on Thursday night <laughs> as you head out against uh, Mike Riley and the Edmonton Eskimos, and uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us on the podcast today. No pressure, man. Right Thanks on. for coming on. Right on. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll reconvene here next week, and by the time we do that, the first games of the season in the CFL 2018, the regular season is here. It's as early as ever. It's the earliest start in the history of the CFL. We want to thank you for joining us. We want to invite you to download, share, and, of course, to subscribe to the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown, available where podcasts are available, Google Play Music, iTunes, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And, by the way, we love to be rated. We love to be evaluated. Please give us... Give us a rating. Rank me. Look at me. Evaluate and rank me. Oh, I'm good, 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 and oh, so smart. Grade me. Pick from five stars. One to five. It's not that hard. And uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Doug, thanks for this. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com.